Welcome back to another episode of the Brilliant Resilient Experience. This episode is brought to you by Eichling Med Spa, the ultimate destination for those pursuing peak performance and optimal health and wellness. Eichling Med Spa offers popular services including light stim, red light therapy, vitamin injections, functional health assessments, custom IV therapy, rejuvenating facials, dermaplane, and much more. Whether you are an athlete looking to improve performance and recovery or someone who just wants to improve their overall health and well-being, Eichling Med Spa has a solution for you. I've been a proud customer of Eichling Med Spa for over a year and it's so much more than just your average med spa. It's been absolutely vital to my overall health and wellness and has completely leveled up my performance as well. Visit www.eichlingmedspa.com and book your appointment today. Make sure to tell them that Bree sent you to receive 20% off of your first IV therapy. Located in New Melly, Missouri, Eichling Med Spa is your one-stop shop for your health and wellness needs. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got a professional MMA fighter based right here in St. Louis, Missouri. He is coming off of an impressive TKO win over Dylan Tolbert in Nemesis Fighting Alliance. He went 6-0 as an amateur, and he's on an absolute tear as a pro. He has a 100% finish rate. He has an upcoming fight in LFA on March 29th, so I'm super excited to talk to him about his background in martial arts, how he got started, and what his goals are for the future. So let's go ahead and bring on Jesse Martinelli. For those who don't know, you train at ESMMA, which is also where I train. So I'm super excited to talk to you. Obviously, we've seen each other at the gym, but don't know a whole lot about you other than, you know, just how you train, which I've seen you train and that I'm impressed with in itself. But (laughs) I know there's a lot more to your story, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh... I mean, yeah, how I train is, is going in and getting that hour and a half or uh, two hours of checkout time per day. I've been doing, I've been going to practice around three or four o'clock every day for like since about 2008. I haven't took any time oh, wow. off. So um, Jeez. coming into the gym around that time, is just like, uh, like it is for you probably. It's a, uh, it's like a, it's a brain break for me. You know, you come in. Yeah. You know what to do. You don't really have to think about it. You kind of turn on autopilot and and check out for the hour and a half and leave there a, a whole lot stress-free. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's exactly how I feel when I leave the gym. It's like whatever I was dealing with that day or whatever's going on in my life, it's usually that time that I get to kind of forget about all of it and just focus on what I'm doing and try not to get punched in the face. So <laughs> throwing straight punches and keeping your feet moving. That's all you got to worry about for a couple hours or at least an hour or so. huh? Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. I exactly. love, uh, I love, I love the atmosphere. Yes. Has, we got a lot of great people there. I'm sure you've, uh, Oh yeah. I know you've had a couple on Austin and, and, and Logan and, and everyone else there. It's, it's, it's fun to come in and check out with those people every day. Yeah. My goal is to get every single fighter from ES on my podcast at some point. So well, you're, I'm sure you're, by the end of the year that I'll probably be there. Yeah, I was going to say you're <laughs> counting down the list right now. You got, you got what, three or four on in the past year? You'll be making there. Yeah, I had Eric on time. too. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I got to check that one with Rick. That'd be good. Uh, oh, yeah. Be good to see some. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Some behind the scenes, non, uh, non gym footage of Rick. I'd love it. It's funny though, cause like, do you guys call him Rick? I've never heard anybody call him. Rick. <laughs> oh, okay. So, 
Uh, actually, I'm the only person that regularly calls him Rick, but I don't know. I'll hear a couple people say it here and there. But um, what I took that from was uh, I like to come out with like shirt themes for my, my fights. Like my last one was, um, what was it? Oh, it was December, so it was a Christmas fight night instead of a Christmas story. Nice. And I had a good idea of uh, a Halloween one. I would come out as Morty, and Rick would come out as oh, Rick. Nice. So he's uh, he's the Rick to uh, to my Morty for the gym. That's where the Rick Rick phrase comes from. <laughs> That's awesome. It threw me off for a second when you said it. I was like, wait, did he just call wait, him Rick? Wait, who's like, Rick? Wait I needed a second to process that. I get that all the time from people at the gym. I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, Rick was, uh, you know, he was, he was saying this about your teeps, or he was saying this about something, and they're like, who? Uh, Rick, man. <laughs> like, oh, Eric. Oh, okay, yeah, Eric. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, yeah, I, I like to give people nicknames. It, That's awesome. It's comforting, you know. It's it, it breaks down the barrier. It does exactly. Yeah, I uh, maybe one day you'll have a nickname for me. You know, I can't wait to find. We're sticking with Bree for now. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta. We gotta. You can't force it. That one's a. It's gotta just. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you, st well, you said you started training every day in 2008. Is that when you started training or did you start before that with martial arts? Um, so I started wrestling whenever I was little and like a lot of people in the sport. Figured that. Yeah, I started wrestling when I was young, but I also did a lot of other sports. You know, I did um, all the school sports. I tried some basketball. I tried uh soccer i tried uh baseball and none of them I, I mean they were fun to be an athlete and stuff but um i did motocross for a while that was probably the biggest one that i was into before i started uh fully wrestling in 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 high school but um nice i just dabbled in a lot of stuff and then whenever um i stopped racing motocross wrestling was like the the one sport that was kind of <clears throat> you know uh, an individual sport, but you kind of had people there helping you as well. So it kind of matched, and, and I transitioned from that whenever I got into high school. And I haven't stopped wrestling since then. But um, but I started MMA uh, 2018 was my first fight when I was 25 years old. So I started relatively late, but with that being said, like I was doing wrestling since yeah since i was younger so it's a similar atmosphere and it's a similar training environment so i feel oh, like yeah. i've been I doing combat like... sports since 2008 but i really started fighting whenever i was uh 25 in 2018 so gotcha. it blends together okay. yeah for sure i feel like out of all the martial arts and all out of all the combat sports i feel like mma and wrestling just tie in together so beautifully more than probably any other martial art I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I would, I mean, I guess Sambo is probably number one, but For sure. wrestling's more popular worldwide. Yeah, exactly, so. and it's it's just um, it's one of those things where <clears throat> you look at people that play baseball in high school. They go, they play baseball afterwards, or if they're trying to do a professional sport, they have their same sport right. that they go into, or you know, vice versa for anything except kind of wrestling once you get to wrestling and you finish college 
it's like, man, you better be really good in college to, to make it to the international circuit or, um, or start fighting, which is what you see, yeah. you know, 90% of, I don't know the percentage. I don't know if that's a stat, but you see a large amount of wrestlers just transition into it because it's so familiar. It's the same grind every day going into practice, checking in, you're doing hand-to-hand combat in some form against somebody. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a seamless transition. So it made it pretty easy for me to decide that. Yeah, I feel like that is one of the most difficult uh, disciplines to master also. So having a background in it definitely gives you an edge for sure when you transition yeah. to MMA. Oh, 100%. I feel like uh, I spent, well, let's just say from the time I started consistently wrestling every day in 2008 to 2018 when I took my first fight it was uh it was the same it's 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 the it's the same grind that you do that I do at Eric's every day that I was doing whenever I was in high school that I was doing whenever I was in college and um you know if you feel like this is what I was going to say. You said you feel like it's similar. Um, and it's such a good craft to uh, master. But I feel like I took that entire time from 20, 2008 to 2018. And I just started getting good at wrestling in 2016. So from 2008 to 2016, I was getting my butt whipped all up and down the room. And then I finally started to click. And then it's like, well, shoot, I'm done with wrestling now in two years. Uh, what else do I yeah. do? MMA. Never satisfied. Right. <laughs> no. Keep. Hey, I like to tell a lot of people, I do this sport while I'm still physically able to because anyone yeah. that does it knows that it doesn't last forever. You're not physically able to do this sport no. forever. So while you still got a body good enough and if you're healthy enough and you live a healthy lifestyle, take the chances while you can because in 10 years you dang sure ain't gonna be able to take those chances yeah it's so true and i feel like a lot of times people think that your your longevity in this sport is limited because of the head trauma which is true to an extent but i think it's more so like the wear and tear on your body more than anything um, just makes it very difficult to compete on a high level when you get to, you know, your 40s. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially if you've been in it since, you know, some of these jujitsu guys, they've been in it since they were little little kids. Some of these hardcore wrestlers, they've been in it. Some of the, some of the kickboxing people, they've been taking some head damage for a number of years. And it's like, man, how, do I long, yeah. how long do I have once I switch over to this sport? And then once I switch to this sport, I better make a run while I still got a chance because I got five, six, seven, maybe years if, if that. And, um, but you know, it's cool. Um, a lot of the stuff now that is, I don't know, kind of, I would say easily readily available for recovery and, and, uh, just overall longevity. It wasn't even heard of whenever I was a high schooler. It sure wasn't heard of whenever, you know, when Chuck and Tito were fighting back in 2000 yeah. something. So that's one thing that is nice about the sport is the, the, the recovery systems have come such a long way where it's awesome now to where when you're getting to be 35, 36, 37, you might still feel good. Like in your prime, like folks says, he still feels good, but how long will that be? 
you don't know, right. but we're stretching it out as long as we can with these better um, recovery systems. And I take full advantage of them. I love them. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, too, people are training smarter um, now than they used to. I mean, people used to just beat the crap out of each other. It seemed like. Just go fight. <laughs> just go fight yeah, to learn how to much. fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I guess, yeah. you know, I people say there's a time and place for it and I get there is, but you have to, you have to go into a fight like that in the training room with a partner that you can trust. And it's like, I yes. have a, I have a handful of partners that I can trust to where we're going to push the envelope and we're going to match each other's intensity. But as soon as yeah. we're at each other's top intensity, one of us isn't going to pull ahead seven leaps and, and take right. someone's head off, you know? So, that's an important part too. Having good partners, having people that you can trust, and and like you say, training smarter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing that we really do have a good handle on at ES too. Is like nobody's going in there trying to kill anybody. Like well, because <laughs> you know any of us could do it to the other one on any given day. You know, it's if you yeah. come in and you're feeling good, or if you come in and you're feeling average, it's like. I could have been feeling good yesterday, but I could be feeling average today. And, and if I was giving someone an unnecessary ass beating yesterday, well, I can expect that same thing back today, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it is good. It's a good dynamic we have. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you feel like fighting is more difficult physically or more difficult mentally? Hmm. I know that's a deep question. No, I, so so I, I just I take it in two different directions. I could say both. So <laughs> physically, yeah, it would be harder for you physically if you were someone that grew up um, uh, 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 well. So, for example, just to give you a little background, like I grew up. My dad was uh, really big into sports. He was a marathon runner. He was a, a weightlifter, and he always just generally was conscious about health not that he was over the top although like when i was a kid i would say he was over the top sometimes it was just living a healthy lifestyle to where whenever i got to high school wrestling physical wasn't a part of it it was it was yeah. i had lived a healthy lifestyle up until then uh thanks to my dad not just because I'm a smart person or anything. He just put these rules in set and it's like, okay, that's the stuff that we have available. That's the food I'm going to yeah. eat and it happened to be healthy. So for me, it was about figuring out that mental part where, well, I don't know. I figure the first time I thought about mental training was whenever I used to do runs for, you know, cutting weight or just staying in shape in high school wrestling. That's where you kind of build that mental part. But I already had a physical, uh, you know, a good physical foundation built. Yeah. So take that vice versa to someone else who maybe they grew up, I don't know the word, but maybe spoiled, right? Maybe they grew up a little spoiled and they didn't have the best diets, but they, they were told that they were, uh, you know, the greatest soccer player. Hey, you're doing great. At, at Little League or they were the best hockey player in their gym league or whatever it was. They already got the, uh, the mental built. They just got to work on their physical. So I guess it comes yeah. from past experiences, whatever your past experiences were. You're either going to have to work on your physical or your mental. 
or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, there's some people that have both and those people are lucky, but yeah, I think it's, I think, uh, <laughs> it goes off of your past experiences, physical or mental. Yeah, I agree. I think too, it depends on what kind of person you are. Cause I think about, you know, I mean, like Volkanovsky is a perfect example, but also I could say, you know, GSP is, is another great example of, you know, someone who only wants to compete at the very highest level and, you know, they they put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I feel like um, I can definitely relate to that. I put a lot of pressure on myself and usually more than anybody could ever put on me. Sure. And I feel like fighters, a lot of fighters are the same way, especially at an elite level or somebody who wants to get to an elite level. I feel like that part of it mentally has got to be uh, exhausting. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, two things there is like when you bring up someone like GSP, that's like a, that's an entire lifestyle change. You know, I mean, he changed the oh, game yeah. of ways to train, ways to recover, ways to, uh, tactically approach a fight. And then, um, Oh shoot. I just had another thought, whatever you were saying there, but yeah, basically, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. There's people that take it as a lifestyle change. And then there's people that take it as like, I'm getting into this sport to have fun and it's kind of cool. And I feel, you know, it builds my confidence when I do it. And like you say, it's just which, what level of seriousness are you going to take the sport? And it's exactly. cool because, and, yeah, I, and some people don't know how to not take it serious. Like some people just, that's just what happens. Like no matter what they, yeah. they could be like, Oh, it's just a fight. No big deal. But in the back of their mind, they're like, I better freaking win this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, we, we've all, we've all met people like that. Um, I've had, yeah. I've had a guy and multiple people I went to high school with, I went to college with that I wrestled with. And the only thing they cared about when they showed up was looking at the bracket, looking at who's in their weight class, looking at if they win, they face them, looking at if they lose, they'll face them. And meanwhile, they didn't take the time to worry about getting a good warm up, getting their lungs blown out, uh, you know, keeping their feet moving, faking, pulling on the head, things that you can control. And I guess that just goes back to like how, how serious you take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of fighters too that are very good at a lot of advanced things, but they're not as good at like the very basic things. And I feel like a lot of the greatest fighters that we see, they're not necessarily always the most technical or the most fancy, I guess you could say is a better way to say it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they've really just mastered the basics and... Um, of course, you know, you have your Anthony Pettis who can do like all sure. these crazy kicks and stuff like that. Yeah. And he got to a very high level doing so. But yeah, a lot of, uh, there's uh, so many great fighters. I always talk about, uh, Ankalaev as an example of someone who's just really, really good yeah. at the basics of everything, well, you know, not very entertaining to the casual fans, but mm -hmm. you know, man can, can crush in any single area just with basics. Right. And look at the look at the main event this past weekend. Like, Taporia's yeah. basics in boxing, or, or, that's that's a that's a that's a beautiful thing to watch, man. He doesn't make a mistake oh, in his yeah. stand up. He doesn't make a mistake in his head movement. He doesn't. 
and that's all basic stuff that if you go to a, a you know you go to a boxing 101 class you're going to hear that but putting it into yep. action is like that's a different thing than just hearing somebody tell you it so yeah i mean and it, it yeah. goes back to i used to coach wrestling and i think the biggest thing from coaching wrestling that i see younger kids or uh beginners jump higher levels at is when they master their body mechanics you know they they're not mastering a high crotch double off or a, a single leg cutback or you know a front headlock they're mastering how to move their body when someone's in on a shot they're mastering how to move their hips in when they're in on a shot and and that's all basic stuff you, i used to teach that to four five and six year olds and they could comprehend it but it was the ones that master it that now they're jumping levels and they're doing well at whatever it is state tournaments they're doing well at national tournaments they're doing well wherever they are because they got those basics built in and then the other stuff comes oh, yeah. after that you know it does yeah because you don't want to you know jump the gun and like i feel like that's why i was like kind of hesitant too to like start doing kickboxing because i was like well i really want to like get solid with boxing and then i want to start training kickboxing yeah yeah Yeah. because i'm like i feel like if i try to do too much at once and i'm and i suck at all of it i'm like then i'm just my progress is going to be so slow (laughs) yeah well no i mean you bring a good point up is you gotta have you gotta have some basics of something first but another another little uh another little side route that reminds me of is people will people will uh, put off practicing their opposite side right because they mm-hmm. don't master their lead side or yeah whatever they're off softball or orthodox and the other side that they go to they'll put off trying to get comfortable at least throwing some basic combos a two three or a one two the body or whatever it is they'll put off trying to just get at least a general understanding of how to do that and then whenever they need to do it it's like oh crap yeah i've never done this before how do i do this now to save me from getting my leg chopped off in this fight so i think you know uh, mastering your your basics is obviously a path for success but also being able to uh I adjust being able to adjust on the fly and switch something up and still be somewhat decent at it you know be be somewhat uh effective with it is that's a as big as a part of mastering your basics i think i agree yeah and i i do kind of wish too that i would have started sooner um even though i am glad that i did focus on boxing because i don't think i would have developed the same skills that I did if I would have tried to do too many things at once. Mm. Um, so I am glad that I focused on it primarily for a while, but now I'm like, man, I wish I would have started trying to do kicks sooner. Yeah. Cause then when- I'm like, man, I suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes years, right. To where you feel like, Oh, I'm kind of getting the groove. When did yeah, you- it'll be at least two years before I probably feel confident in my kicking game. Yeah. Sure. When did you, uh, when did you throw your first punch? At a kickboxing gym. That was. I say what? At like, 
maybe not your first punch on third grade recess, but like uh, your first punch at a at a kickboxing gym or a boxing gym. Oh, I remember exactly. It was at St. Charles MMA. I went to the boxing sparring. My partner had not first, shown up yet. First one. You went to a boxing sparring. That's the first time I ever got punched in the face. Yeah. Sheesh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what I was getting into. And uh, <laughs> I had only been training there for like 2 months, but I was like I want to spar, you know. Let's try it, and yeah. my friend my friend at the gym, she wanted to spar and god, I miss training with her. She was so much fun. She only came like every once in a while. Like she didn't she would like come for a couple months and then she'd be gone and then she you It'll know. Break. So yeah. we didn't get to train all the time. Uh, but I loved training with her cause like we were both about the same size and so we yeah. could kind of go a little harder yeah. and, and it was fun. Um, and we were both kind of at the same skill level too, like with boxing, like she had more of a martial arts background than me, but with boxing, we were both kind of at the same level, but I remember she was running late. So I just hopped in and, uh, Clayton Whaley was, was my partner and uh, and I I knew who he was, but I had never trained with him before. And I so like as soon as I got partnered up with him, I was like, look, I've never been punched in the face before. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. And I was like, have some OK, cool. Rounds. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. That's good to have someone like that on your first sparring day where. Yeah, you can kind of take it. Then breath. my partner showed up, so uh, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, I don't because it was all guys in there. There was no women, and uh, and it was just me and me and Brinley were like the only girls there. And then uh, I kept showing up though because I had fun, and I did spar with a lot of the guys. I sparred with heavyweights. I sparred with whoever would spar with me, mm. so it was fun. But uh, I'm ready to get back into that too at some point, but. I want to try to learn kickboxing, so we'll You've see. You've been practicing your kicks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not very good, but I think I, I think I've made a little bit of progress. One day, one day bit. after another, right? One day after another, they get <laughs> yeah. a little bit better, a little bit better each time. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned this earlier with like your body kind of breaking down as you get older, and that's why I regret not starting it sooner mm. because. I never had any problems with like injuries and stuff before. Like I never right. had pain, like right. joint pain. Now I have just joint pain yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel it in my, I feel it in my shoulders, my God. knees, and sometimes one shoulder yeah. or one elbow or the other. So ankles, yeah. I could go on to my ankles. I mean, yeah, oh, my gosh, back, same. my neck. Yeah. It's, it's a, be- it's a beating <laughs> on the body, but. You know, you're going to get hurt some, some, you're going to get old, yeah. I should say. You're going to get old someday or another, and you're going to be deteriorating. So why not exactly. have fun while the body can still have it? Yeah, exactly. Well, when did you first get punched in the face? Oh, man. <laughs> um, Honestly, I, I can't remember, but. The first time I remember being punched in the face is probably like sixth or seventh grade, you know, just getting into fights at, we would go to the football games and uh, of course like smaller people like me, we didn't do very well in football. I never even tried out for football just because I knew like this isn't going to go well. So, so the smaller people like me, maybe the wrestlers, you would say we would play games, play, uh, 
play some games where we uh, tackle each other with bottles or something. And then you get into it with the kid. And then you say, hey, let's go over there and fight, you know. So it's, I had a couple yeah. good fights whenever I was young. Um, and then uh, with gloves on and actual training, um, when I was in high school, I had a buddy that um, was doing MMA. And he wanted to start wrestling with me because he heard it was good for MMA. And this is probably... This is probably 2008, 9, maybe 2010. So it's like it really wasn't popular. It was, uh, sorry. It was, um, like he yeah, would, that was before I got into it. He would, uh, he would have fights up at like the Arnold Eagles Lodge. He would have fights at like mm. DeSoto Eagles Lodge, stuff like that. Real small promotions, but yeah. it was just kind of, hey, you guys want to fight? Sign up, come up and fight. And so I would I would train wrestling with him, and then he would say like, you know, you want to do some sparring, you want, you want to try to like actually fight. So we would do a couple rounds, and and not knowing really what to do, we would start yeah. the clock, and it just went full wrestling mode for me. I'm like leaned over my knee, boom, he popped me with an uppercut or something, or jab jab me three or four times in the face while I'm trying to shoot on him. I'm like. I don't know what's going on here, but, but yeah, it was pretty young. Um, I got into yeah. some fights. I got into some training without any training myself and found my way. I found myself learning on the job really early. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's the best way to learn um, for some people. Yeah. I feel like it's like some people, they can study things and they can, really like take their time learning i'm the type of person and you're probably the type of person where you just got to do it and 100%. that's how you learn yeah you 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 screw it up enough times then you learn how to do it right you know you go and hit yeah. that's what i used to tell a lot of the young wrestlers like you go and hit a double leg the wrong way 10 times and get your head stuffed in the mat eventually on the 11th or 12th or 13th one, you're going to start getting your hips in. You're going to start driving across your head and you're going to start finishing. So yeah, you yeah. just mess it up enough. And, and I think that's with everything in life. That's not just fighting or not just wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like you, you probably started this pod and you, you, uh, you screwed with a couple things. I had no things. idea so, what yeah, I was you doing. Mess it up a couple times. You figure it out. You make it better. Mess and, it up a couple hundred times. Yeah, yeah. And it gets better each time. Right. That's, <laughs> That's what I say a lot about uh, the weight cuts with MMA. It's yes. Try it. It's a little bit hard. You try it again. It's a lot harder. You try it again. Change some stuff, and yeah, you figure it out along the way. That's what we do. Hundred percent. As long as you're smart. Yeah. As long as you're smart, you don't keep going and making <laughs> the same mistake over and over. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give the wrong impression. You got to be smart too. You can't just do anything. Somewhat smart. <laughs> Yeah, at least a little bit. Yeah, you gotta Just have a shred. I do feel like that is an underrated aspect of being a mixed martial artist, being a fighter in general, is being smart. Like, I feel like sometimes people forget like how mental this sport is, and it's like, oh, dude, yeah. all like especially at a high level, like all that goes into it. You know, you're not only getting in there and fighting, but you're you know, you're having to research your opponent, you're having to watch film, you're having to, you know, work on your own things, you're having to figure out a game plan, or if you have a, an opponent change, then you got to start all over again. It's mm -hmm. like, God, there's so much that goes into right. it mentally. 
a lot. Well, she, not only that, it's um, it's being focused on what you're doing at that specific time because you can go yeah. into practice five days a week and and put your gloves on and do your block drills and you can do your return drills and kind of have a conversation about the fights on the weekend and go through the motions and then practice is over and it's like, all right, I did the same thing that I did last Monday, the Monday before, and the Monday before that. Or you can go in there and, and say, you know, for example, I got uh, a good partner in Corey, uh, Corey Beck at the gym where me and he, him will push each other in the drills that we're doing to where it's like, okay, Corey was tagging me with this shot over and over and over last week. And I was trying to keep my stance. I wasn't switching. So maybe I need to start switching and changing angles when he's throwing this or whatever it is. You, you go in there with a little bit of an outline to what your practice or what your, what your technique training is going to be. And, and I think that's how you level up. I mean, you don't just go into practice day in and day out expecting to get better by doing the same thing, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's so easy to do that, too, to just kind of feel like you're going through the motions. And, you know, maybe sometimes that's all you can do. You know, at least you're showing up. But, yeah, the progress isn't really made unless you are – really, you have to be present when you're training. Um, yeah. I think that's huge. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I've seen uh, – you remember uh, – do you remember Claudia Gadea? Oh, yeah. She had a post one time on Instagram, and I remember it. I'll never forget it. It was, um, it was basically what I was just saying. It was focus on the task at hand. Focus on being present in what you're doing. Focus on what you're doing and not, crap, I got to get home and get this work done before 8 o'clock tomorrow before work. Or I got to do whatever. I got to get my dog a bath. I got to, I got to do something yeah. besides focusing on my training. And all that doesn't matter why you're in there for an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. And, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. Just, just focusing on what you're doing, which it sounds like yeah. focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty obvious, but most of the time, it's harder than it sounds. Yeah, most of the time <laughs> you're not focused a hundred percent on what you're doing. Like right now, no, I'm talking to you, but I have this 300 card pulled up. And I can't wait to ask you about, <laughs> I can't wait to ask you about this. He came ready. Yeah, no, I can't wait to ask you about this that I just seen earlier tonight. But what I was saying was, I'm talking to you and this still has my attention. So it is harder to focus on what you're doing only on oh what God, you're doing, yeah. solely on what you're doing at a time. Yeah, for sure. There are so many times at the gym I've caught myself, you know, staring off in the distance and I'm thinking about stuff and i'm like nope 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 shut it out don't shut even be down. thinking about that right now get yeah. it out of here yeah. <laughs> yeah. i have to t literally tell myself and it's like why is this so hard why can't i just focus it's so annoying but you know what you need it's you need some lion's mane mushroom extracts probably some cordyceps mushroom extracts Actually, Lion's Mane, I think, is the only one I haven't tried. Oh, I've tried the it, other ones. It's great for just, like, 
taking that breath. Really? Of like, okay, let me just settle my nerves down and kind of focus my yeah. energy into one thing. So, yeah, try some. Try some. That's really good. I'll try some. Yeah. I've heard great things. I, I know Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love bro science. So, I'm like, yeah, hell it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's total bro science, but it's, <laughs> it's a cool kind. It has good benefits. So, I'm, I'm one to believe that. It's so funny because, like, I'm very aware that, like, I definitely am into a lot of bro sciencey stuff. And people think I don't know. I'm like, dude, I know this isn't real science. I'm like, trust me. But I'm like, but it but works for me. So yeah, it's still interesting to read and and then test out oh, yeah. and experiment. Like, oh, let me see. Do I feel better when I take this? Yeah. Do I not notice anything when I take this? So yeah, it's yeah. fun. Because if it works, then it's like, well, science is going to tell me it works within a matter of time anyways. Right. It just takes longer for them yep. to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's just uh, guinea pig ourselves up. See yeah, if it works. Scientists are too slow. I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to be patient. Be patient. Like Ian Gary says, be patient. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually really excited for UFC 300. I, I, people, it's funny. I did a whole like video on UFC 300 when they announced some of the fights and people like were so mad at me that I thought it was a good card. And <laughs> it's so, <laughs> which is so funny. So me. if you took this card and you put it on, you know, you put it on the, uh, what's the Instagram the, when, when UFC posts the card on their Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. If you posted that and put it on Instagram right now, it would be like one of those cards where people say like most banger card, uh, low key oh, yeah. banger, uh, UFC 300 worthy, uh, whatever the yeah. headline is, they would be like, this is an insane card. But just because everybody hyped it up, now they're oh like, what? Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know? What is this? No, I think it's awesome. But let me just ask you. I think it's great. One question, because you might have some. Insight. I was gonna put together a, a compilation of the number of times that I said Pajeda was gonna be in the main event, because nobody listened to me. Oh, so I literally, I have receipts. I have receipts. You're calling it then, huh? A hundred percent. I called it. Yeah, he's a star, man. He's he definitely big enough to. Without Jamal Hill, he he's big enough to headline yes. that against somebody else. But him versus Jamal Hill, that's oh an insane god, fight. Oh my god, I'm so like, excited. Yeah, I mean, look at both of their fighting style. That's crazy. But Crazy. Let me get some... Let me get some lowdown on this. Because right here, it says Gaethje versus Holloway is on the card, right? Yeah. Okay. And then I scroll down. And it says, Gaethje versus Holloway is canceled. What? Is there any truth to that? When it says canceled, is it a three-round fight that's showing up? Let me check on it. 35, height, weight, reach. Because I think possibly what happened was that it was originally booked as a three-round fight. And then I think they canceled that and rebooked it as Mm. five rounds. Because 
I don't know if you pull cards up on regular old Google, but whenever you pull it up, it still has them on there. Like I say, right under Weili Zhang, Yan Chaonan. So it looks like it's still on, but then just scrolling through it, I saw it was canceled. So I was like, oh my God, did we lose another great fight from this oh, card? That'd be heartbreaking. Oh, it would, it would be the worst, but... Let's and then Volkanovski uh, shows up on two seconds' notice. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm ready to go, mate. Old Volk's back. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. But let's just hope that it's it's what you said. They canceled the three rounds. They're going with I the five. I think fives. that's what it is. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's what happened. I'm just assuming because... Otherwise, I'd yeah, I'd be pretty upset if they canceled that one because I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Or they just canceled it last night and they're like, "All right, Max, yeah, Taporia needs an opponent in Spain. You're going." I keep up pretty well with MMA news, so I feel like I would have known for sure. I would have had at least like three people message me, so like what, by now, what's, if it was canceled. What's the top sure. MMA news sites that you like to check? Um, if you want to know like updates on fights really quickly, follow Big Marcel on Instagram. Marcel Dorf, I think, is his full name. Um, he usually updates them quicker than anybody else I've seen, and they're and they're verified. Yeah, you know, it's not like when Ariel Hawani says they're gonna, you know, do some big fight, and then it never. Oh my god, wow. I got so mad about it the other day. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Like, we know that's not going to be the main event. Quit lying. Do you, uh, how do you feel about Ariel? Um, I actually, I have a lot of respect for Ariel because um, he kind of created a blueprint, I feel like, for a lot of journalists. And he definitely, um, I mean, he's his work is insane. I mean, look at all the, the, the interviews that he's done. And I mean, gosh, um, yeah. I think I do think there are a lot of young upcoming journalists just like the fighters have evolved I think the journalism has evolved too in media uh in MMA both in a good way and a bad way I was going to say for but, better and worse for better yeah. and worse for sure some of these yeah some of these journalists out here nowadays you wonder like man have you ever watched a regional fight or or no yeah have I you, know have you watched any of the past cards in the past twelve months? Or, but yeah, no. Um, yes, there is the man. He's the, he's the man for sure. I feel like journalist is a very loose term now. Like I don't even really um, call myself a journalist, but I've had other journalists tell me I am a journalist. So I'm like, okay, I guess I can't. You know, I can say it now. You're doing the work, but <laughs> you might not have the, the degree, but you, you're doing the work, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same exactly. as me. Same as me. Same as me. Whenever I got into this sport, I was like, "I'm a wrestler." Like, oh no, yeah. you're you're a MMA fighter. Now, bro, I'm a wrestler. I take people down and I beat them up. So, <laughs> if you want to call me a fighter, cool. But I'm I'm a wrestler, and and you know you slowly transition out of that, but yeah, it goes hand in hand. Oh yeah, for sure. Before we move on, yeah, Alex Pereira, Jamal Hill. Was it something that you couldn't handle as a fan? The Wait, fans, what was your question again? The fans can't handle this, Dana says. We're working on something that you guys are not going to be able to understand. 
He comes out with Alex Pereira. Jamal I forgot Hill. he said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said you can't handle it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, man. Is is? I think he had an, an original plan. Is that DJ didn't coming work back out. to fight freaking uh, Brandon Moreno? Is uh, is is Islam moving up to fight Leon? Which would have been sweet. Um, yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been sorry, Bilal. That would have been. That would have been something I, I'm like, my mind's blown. But Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill, it just seems like, all right, that's a dope fight. But I feel like there were some loose ends that weren't tied up. What do you think? Yeah, I think Dana probably felt the pressure from the fans to announce something, say something before he had anything mm. even planned out. Right. Um, because Jamal's coming off an injury, so, you know, there was a lot of probably, like, dancing around, waiting, seeing if that's actually going to happen before right. signing the dotted line. Right, and not even just an injury, like, Bad a injury. serious injury, where yeah. where him coming back at, what was it, uh, UFC Rio in two weeks, right? Is or, it in two weeks? Or one weeks? week. I want to oh, say shoot. it's... In a couple weeks. He was coming back in a couple weeks. Soon. And still, it was kind of like, dang, Jamal's coming back already. All right. He had a good right. recovery. So the, to uh, to expedite the process a couple weeks is like, I feel like something had to be done here. But yeah, yeah. it's a banger card. I can't wait. What's your favorite card? Or what's your favorite fight on the card? Number one that you're looking Ooh. forward to. Uh, Oliveira versus Sarukian. Definitely. <sighs> That's a good one, Alexander. Yeah. 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 Because I, I feel like whoever wins that has to be next for the 155 title, for sure. Charles Sarukian. For, well, but what about, what if, what if Gaethje wins? If Gaethje wins? Oh, that makes it complicated. He could jump. That definitely makes it complicated. Yeah. Mm, I think it depends on who wins. If Sarukian beats Oliveira, he definitely should get a title shot, I feel like. Because Sarukian has fought Islam before and actually right. kind of put up a tough fight, you know, yeah, and he well, was what, young. What was it? it? Did it go to a decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. was on short notice. So it's like, yeah, he's yeah. got a... He's and got he a took Islam to, down. Right. So he's got yeah. a stake to that claim where it's like, hey, man, give me my reshot, a full camp. Right. I can't wait to see Davison Figueredo. Cody Garbrandt. I can't wait for all of them, honestly. Yeah, I can't wait for the whole card. But that's a banger fight too. The the Garbrandt Figueredo, it's it's just I want to see yeah. where you at, Cody. You know where yes. you at right now, Cody. It's gonna and be Figueredo at bantamweight. It's that different. too, because who did he fight when he first came up? Uh, I believe it was Rob Font. Yeah, that's right. He looked great against Rob Font, and he looked fantastic. And Rob Font is good. Yeah. Really good. And Rob Font is a 35er. I feel like Cody is a 25er that yeah. doesn't cut a lot of weight when he's at 35. So it'll be interesting to see him against someone somewhat his size. And I just like, I like Cody. So. And they're both former champions, too. Yeah, that too. I mean, most of this card, most of this card is former champs or prospects that are yeah. looking to become champs so 
It's going to be dope. Yeah, and and I know Holly Holm is 42 years old. I, I get it, guys. I get it. But people don't understand the story behind this fight with her and Kayla Harrison because people are are going to automatically assume that Holly Holm is going to lose this fight. Like, And obviously, Holm... Or, Harrison is a huge favorite right. for a reason. I right. mean, she's her judo is insane. But at the same time, people were counting home out against Rousey, and Rousey's also got a judo background. Yeah. So yeah. the story is so fun. Also, if it. you look at Kayla's striking, I mean, the difference between good. Kayla's... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the difference is It's nowhere is like, near Holly Holm, though. Yeah, Not it's even nowhere close. near, but it's like... I feel like Kayla's learned how to close them distances. I feel like Ronda was yeah, uh, uh, solely, I'm going to take you down and armbar you. So, yeah, it's similar, but it's also like, and Kayla Harrison's 16-1. and one. I don't know what Ronda was when she fought Holly, but she definitely didn't have 17 remember. fights on her, on her record. I don't at least think pro so. fights. So, that wasn't very common in women's MMA. No, I mean, what were, they were just coming out of strike force. They probably had five, six fights at the most, maybe three more in UFC. Right. So eight, ten fights maybe. Yeah. So that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a sweet fight. It's going to be a sweet yeah, card. Yeah, all of Harrison's fights have been in PFL. All of them. Well, that well, there was I think one except one in Invicta. In Invicta, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, do you remember but that like, fight? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a Halloween massacre because she finally got to use elbows, and all she did was yeah. take that girl down and sit on, <laughs> sit on her and cut her up with elbows. So, I mean, yeah, she's dangerous. Holly's dangerous. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for it. I, I can't wait. I am probably would lean toward Harrison, but home, like, she's surprised me so many times that it's, like, so hard to count kind her of, out. Yeah, you can't count her at out. At this point. Yeah. No. She's got hands too. She's she's the only uh, boxing champion that has gone on to be a UFC champion, even in all of combat sports. Oh, not just women's, huh? Yeah. Props to her. Because if if Francis could pull off getting uh, a title in boxing, then he could be the second person to have a title in boxing in UFC. Yeah. But. No, it's yeah, be it's crazy. She's the only one. All right, better better card, two ninety nine or three hundred. Oh, three hundred. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some great fights on two ninety nine, um, and then two ninety eight. I feel like was really good, except my only complaint about two ninety eight. Every single fight was awesome, except I didn't like the Ian Gary Jeff Neal fight. I hear that. I, I mean, I hear that from... Uh, uh, I mean, I understand it because looking yeah. at the matchup, that's yeah. kind of how I expect it to play out. Right. But it, It's like <sighs> you can't blame Ian for going in there and having the strategy that no. he did. Yeah. But yeah, watching it as a fight, it just felt like we were, uh, we were in a... What's it called? We're in the twilight zone where it's like this 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 sequence yeah. just keeps happening over and over and over. Ian <laughs> creates some distance. Jeff walks at him with his hands down like, come here, little brother, I'm going to whoop you. And then he pushes him into the cage and it's like, all right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let me circle yeah. off. So, yeah, I get it. That was a, 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 that was kind of a boring fight, but 
Yeah, I mean, still, I I'm still impressed with Ian Gary. Honestly, um, I know it was like a, I guess a close. I didn't think it was that close, but a lot of people thought it was really close. I didn't um, think it was close. I mean, if yeah, you looked at those, I didn't either. <laughs> like, aside from the uh, his distance control and his uh, distance management, the dude, he had a couple combos that he was throwing all night. That rear knee to the rear elbow was money yes. he landed it multiple times um yeah he's obviously longer so he stuck him with the jab a lot it was like it was a slow fight but it was rather easy to judge i think but somebody oh, thought yeah somebody, for sure one of those guys thought different yeah well who do you think that he should fight next i keep seeing people saying he should fight colby i think that's a horrible matchup i think he's running um, from I think he's running from people like Sean Brady. He's running from people like Shavkat. Yeah. Because um, I, I think watching. him versus Shavkat would be a better matchup than Colby, stylistically. But, at least. I mean, for him, yeah, for him, like stylistically, for him, I would think that he would want to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I just watching him in um, some interviews and stuff. You can tell he's picking his words wise, where he's saying. <laughs> I want Colby next. I want him because this. I don't like Sean Brady. I don't like uh, whoever. I don't like uh, Shavkat because this reason. And it's like, well, hold on now. Why don't you like them? Because you've been calling out a lot of these older guys that are towards the the peaks or over the peaks of their career. And there's some young hungry dudes that are wanting to come test themselves against you. Why don't you? Why don't you take that test? But yeah, I think yeah. I think he's playing his cards right, and I think he's smart. He's obviously smart in the way he runs his career, right? So you'd have to be yeah. silly not to think that he's doing the same thing with picking the right matchup. Because oh, I'll tell definitely. you what, I don't know how he does against Sean Brady, but if I'm betting, yeah, my I don't money, think I, he beats Sean Brady. Yeah, I think Sean that's Brady. easy work for Sean. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think. Could be wrong. That Sean proved... would love that fight. Right. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. He would love it. But... All he's got to do is get him to the ground. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another interesting thing. It's like I can't wait to see someone finally take Ian Gary down, if they're able to. Right. He props to him. He's yeah. got great takedown defense. But it's like everybody. You want to see what they're, what they're. Uh, you want to see what they do in areas that they haven't been tested in. And that's somewhere we haven't got to see him, where he's put on his back and kept there for a, a yeah. long amount of time. Yeah, I mean, he does have a judo background, but that's not going to help him out if he's on his back. Right, so, if he's sitting in half guard, you know, it's like, what's the, yep. what's the game plan then? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something, getting back to you. Uh, that's something I noticed about you is that obviously you've got the wrestling background, which I kind of figured you had some background in wrestling just based off of, you know, your technique. Um, but I feel like you also have great stand up and the way that you mix it up too is, is really what I think is a key to the success that you've been having. Because when I watched your fight with Dylan, um, there were a lot of moments in that fight that I feel like you were able to throw the ground and pound and throw elbows from different positions was one thing that I noticed. And also just, well, I mean, your takedowns are 
beautiful, which that comes from the wrestling. <laughs> but, but like I said, the way you mix it up in, in ground and pound is so much trickier than people think, too, because if you're fighting someone who's very active on the bottom, like Dylan was, moving around a lot, trying to you know get in different positions, and so you had to throw. Like There was one point you had like your leg wrapped around one of his legs, and but you weren't in like full mount. You were like kind of like in this weird, <laughs> like I don't know what to call it. Oh, I know. And then you were throwing about, yeah. elbows. Where, where it was a, it was almost a uh, man. I I want to call it a knee staple from like rear, where you don't take their back, but you're kind of knee staple in the bottom. So it's almost yeah. like a, a a reverse half guard, where you're stapling the knee. Uh, uh, sorry, the leg with your knee, rather than kind of reaping and hooking it and um yeah i mean all that all that just goes back to my wrestling and mainly my wrestling as a coach whenever i got to learn by wrestling with these high schoolers that were good at wrestling and good at scrambling through positions but i wasn't ever really in danger so it was more of playing with the position and and feeling where you're at what works in this position where I can't put my weight, where I can't weight distribution and yeah. um, really just learning to scramble. Cause that's something that if you talk to anyone that wrestles or wrestles in MMA, it's as soon as you get taken down, that's the best time to get your base. That's the best time to start building up to your feet or whatever the case may be. If you get taken down and you sit there for five seconds or 10 seconds, that 10 seconds is going to turn into 20 or 30 because they've they've settled their weight. They got their position in, whether it's a underhook, whether it's a Turk with the leg, whatever it is. The longer you sit there on the bottom, the more settled you're going to be, right? So right. going into that scrambling and, and that, shoot, that goes all the way back to high school wrestling where we used to do, what they call them, constant motion drills right? Where it's just chain wrestling, but it's right. having that not quit in you where it's like, shit, I'm in a really bad position right now. But if I submit and give this person this position, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to get up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that served me well in pretty much all my fights. Um, I've gotten taken down. I don't know how many times I've been taken down maybe like two or three times in my fight career. Mm -hmm. Um, and that might be a stretch. I think maybe two, but it's well. as soon as I get taken down, it's like, get to your butterflies, man, get to an underhook, whatever the case may be. Don't stop moving. And usually yeah. that creates enough space or that creates the opportunity to get to an escape or get to your feet or, Whatever it is. Yeah, I could tell that um, your wrestling was very advanced just based off that performance alone. Um, uh, one more thing on that is it's um, because I'll spar with people that'll I'll get taken down in, in sparring, mm -hmm. and it's a uh, it's a celebration. They're like, "I took you down, woo! I got you, man!" And it's like. <laughs> No, that's okay. That's all right. I'm wrestling. I'm fighting in a way to where I'm not afraid to get taken down because I know as soon as I get taken down, we're in a wrestling transition. 
when you start a wrestling transition, I'm not going to stop. And 90% of the time, the person that doesn't stop in wrestling comes out on top, right? So scrambling through them positions, like I say, not being afraid to get taken down because you know you have an avenue here or an avenue there to get yourself out of that position is what I, I guess it, it's what makes you confident in taking risks or putting yourself at risk to get taken down or get the takedown. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there are so many good wrestlers now in MMA that a lot of times, you know, it's it's not like it used to be where it's like, oh, it's a wrestler versus striker. It's like kind of everybody has a little bit of knowledge um, and experience in wrestling now as MMA fighters. So, you know, they might not have that same level as you, but they still are going to know enough to where, you know, they may be able to take you down. And then, you know, you got to be ready for, <laughs> you know, whatever's about to happen and make sure that you get back up. Um, because yeah. yeah, once you get taken down, if you're on your back, I mean, not only are you in danger, but you're probably going to lose the round. Mm -hmm. So that's the worst part. Well, I mean, look at, um, uh, Robin Henry this weekend, right? <laughs> who, who, if they put on a singlet and they put on some butt kicking boots and they went out to wrestle. Yeah. Who would score the more points? Who would probably win the wrestling match? You'd probably think Henry would win, right? Yeah. But you look at their fight and you think to yourself like, well, this guy obviously can't wrestle as good as Marab. So it's it's um, it's mixing it all together. I guess goes back to what you were saying, yeah. mixing it all together. It's when when to strike, when to secure your position, when to advance your position. It's timing and mixing it all together makes it fun. That's why we love it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with it being, you know, the five-minute rounds, you also have to take that into account because you could be, like, in a perfect position but only have 20 seconds left. Oh, yeah. And you're like, ah, cool. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> what was I going to I was just thinking something there. You, uh, you touched on it. Oh, I don't know. I know, I do the same thing. I forget <laughs> my thoughts so quickly. Yeah, no. That's why this I is so little, hard. I need a little notepad here to write down. But yeah, <laughs> it's 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 wrestling. It's keeping moving. It's uh, yeah. why we love it. Yeah. There's, I feel like, so many more fighters now that are so good at mixing it up, too. Um, it's almost like a new style. Is like It used to be like, oh, you're a kickboxer you're a boxer you're a wrestler now there's people who are just really good mixed martial artists all around mixed martial and, artists and or or really yeah. good cage wrestlers or you know <laughs> yeah whatever the case may be it's like this person has an expertise in this area and they're pretty good in all of these areas so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i, I want to say that's what i was going to say about uh henry and marab was you look at henry and he's an expert in the wrestling area but it's like, yes, Marab's damn near the same level of of uh, of good in wrestling as Henry. Yes, but he's also got the machine, the the motor to just go like a machine and and oh my god, mix it That's up. So it's like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you can't you can't really be a a, 
a specialist in the sport anymore. It's almost like you have to be a, a specialist at something and damn good at everything else to get to that top I know. Level. I know. And that's why I hope that fighter pay starts to go up because I see the amount of work that it takes now to be good at all of those areas. And, you know, it's just... And I don't want to be one of those people who's constantly complaining about fighter pay because I know some people do that. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's, I'll join them. But it's I'll join them. It's really, <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I know how many hours it takes to be able to compete, not even on a professional level anymore, even at an amateur level. Now it's oh, yeah. insane. Ed I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but I was just telling them, you know, they were looking at, um, I think maybe they were looking at my upcoming fight. They were like, mm -hmm. you know, he looks like he's pretty good, but he did da 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 against this guy. And I think you can capitalize on the position here if you do this. And it's like, man, this dude's probably damn near as good as I am. If not, the same and it's just how the play the fight plays out on the night it goes back yes. to like looking at the top guys on each division if we're looking at the ufc like you think sanhagen can't beat cheeto if cheeto somehow gets a win over o'malley and in all those cases morale can't just come in and beat the one that wins it all so it's like everybody is so good you better be good and, and this goes back to what GSP used to talk about is there's a technical, there's, um, no, 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 there's physical, you have to be physically fit, right? You got to be physically able to move your body in the right position. And then there's yeah. technical, which is like technique on my boxing, technique on my wrestling, technique on my jujitsu. And then there's tactical, which... I want to say a lot of the regional fighters probably don't take into consideration mm -hmm. where they're going to go out there and they're going to say, I'm going to stick to this strategy. No matter how hard I get punched in the forehead, whenever I try slipping or ducking, I'm going to stick to this tactical routine because if I do this over the course of one or two rounds, then I know my openings will be there or my opportunities will present themselves to finish this fight where there's no way you're going to find that opportunity in the first round when you're both fresh, when you're both dry. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's the sport evolving like right in front of us. And it's awesome because we don't, at least me, any sport that I've ever done has never been so young to where you see yeah. a level from five years ago. And a level from today where it's like, this is, this is unrecognizable. Like, it, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's just what it is. The sport's evolving. The sport's so young and, and people are just getting yeah. better and better. I mean, again, oh God, again, look at, again, look at Toporia this weekend. The way that dude fights, he is yeah one of the new breeds of, of this MMA fighter. Yes, he is. And and not a lot of MMA fighters have 
that high of a skill level in boxing. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Holly Holm. I mean, she's the only boxing champion that, to ever become a UFC champion. Really, I, I think she's actually the only boxing champion to fight in the UFC that I can think of um, off the top of my head. But um, we don't was, see a ton of boxers transition to MMA. No, was Hermes so, Franca a champion? Do you remember him, Hermes Franca? And I might be thinking of the and I might be thinking of the wrong guy, but there was a there was a decent boxer remember. that came over and he got pieced up anyway. So to serve <laughs> your point, yeah, you're right. There's no one that has done it. Clarissa, Clarissa, uh, Clarissa. Yeah, Steele? if she ever goes to the UFC, then she would be the second boxing champion to go to the UFC. She's trying to do. Yeah, it I mean, Kayla Harrison's doing it, so she, you know, she's got a blueprint. Um. Yeah, that would be crazy if she ended up in the UFC. I would love to see it. Yeah. I really like Clarissa Shields. I doubt it, though, yeah, because she's, she's trying to do both back and forth. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Yeah, UFC. That's a lot of training. UFC says no bueno to that. You're either locked up <laughs> under us or or you're, you're not signed with us. Yeah, I hope that changes at some point where they can at least box in addition to... It'd be so cool. Johnny or, Evelyn or raise the fighter pay. Yeah, yeah, that. But just uh, speaking of that, Johnny Evelyn was just talking about that, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, where it's like, man, it's not that hard. A couple people have to say, okay, we can have these same big boxing fights in MMA. Yeah. And let's be honest, the box, the big boxing fights that are happening between cross promotions, if you did that with MMA, it would be, be tenfold. It, it would be tenfold more exciting, you know? If we got oh to God, see yeah. if we got to see who is it right now? Is Eblin light heavy or is he middleweight? I, I think he's middleweight. Think he's middleweight. So if we if we got to see Eblin Versus Duplessis. Versus Duplessis. Oh, Nuts, right? That'd be super sweet. Or go that'd back to insane. one that I said earlier. If we got to see DJ versus, and this is no shade on Pantoja. I just, I just, Moreno's the bigger name here. But if we got to oh, see yeah. DJ against Moreno, that'd be huge, you know? So to see, yeah, yeah to see those fights, that'd be, that'd be sweet. Think I hope about I Patchy Mix, too. Patchy, Patchy Mix, Mix could be the best bantamweight right now. Patchy Mix versus Sean. Woo! That'd be a dangerous fight, you know? Yeah, that'd be a smoker. Watch your legs. Don't get taken down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding. Yeah. I know. I think uh, I think Marab is an absolute nightmare for Sean O'Malley. I think. Yeah. I agree. But he's so damn short. Like, Marab, I, know. I think he could be, I'm pretty sure he said he could be a 25-er, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he probably could. He, he said, like, the weight cut, you know, isn't a huge one. It was just not more yet. matchups at 35, though. But when he gets older, <laughs> yeah, when it, it'll yeah, get harder. Yeah, that's a different story. But, yeah, getting <laughs> to O'Malley would be tough. O'Malley's uh, impressive. I was... He I was, is. wasn't sold on him until the Aljo fight, and then he did that. And I really? Like, yeah, I mean. Oh, I've been sold on O'Malley for a long time. Just because, um, now don't get me wrong, it, 
it doesn't matter who's in front of you. He's putting people out, right? Like the way he put Edley yeah. Wineland out, the way he put Pive out, all those dudes, super impressive. But um, mm-hmm. I just didn't know how he was going to do once he got to one of those guys that, like I say, has that all that experience. They got the physical, they got the technical, they got the tactical. And dude passed yeah. with flying colors, so it's off to the races. I still think Marab destroys him. I And that's the first time I've ever thought anybody could beat O'Malley. Like, I don't even think... Really? I, I think there's a chance Cheeto could beat him, but I actually think that... <laughs> I know. Cheeto's my guy. I love Cheeto. <laughs> I love Cheeto, too. And, and I think it would be amazing to have uh, the first... Ecuadorian UFC champion I think that would be insane because I think he yeah. would be the first from Ecuador yeah, uh, yeah I believe there's, there's only like two more two or three more there's in not the that UFC many right now yeah 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 there's not a ton of Ecuadorian fighters in the UFC but I so I and how can you not love Cheeto I mean he's got the best cool. personality yeah coolest guy in the <laughs> UFC coolest guy in the ufc for sure and uh coolest guy on top of it he's already a huge star over there so yes, yeah it'd be dope to see that but it'd also be dope to see sugar keep going i mean i like them both i yeah. listen i i uh i tune into both their socials i tune into both their their content and may the best man win yeah definitely i i don't know i i'm leaning towards o'malley like I said, um, but if if O'Malley were matched up with Marab, I think I would ha- it would be a less of a leaning toward, and it would be like, a, yeah, I think Marab is gonna win this. And then, but with Aljamain, I didn't have any doubt that Sean was gonna win um, really? that fight. See, I thought, yeah, I thought I think Marab is better than Aljamain. I know it's a hot take, but <laughs> I could see that just off of pressure alone, just off of pace alone. Because and I've been saying this for a while. Is I'm not hopping on the Marab hype train, guys. Right. You, can, I've got receipts. <laughs> <laughs> no, we believe you. Check, check the tape. But, um, yeah. but Aljo, I think, plays a little bit more of a patient game, or or maybe yes. not patient is the right word because he wasn't patient when he lunged in for that for that strike where he got knocked out, but. He's not willing to yeah. just go balls to the wall. All right, I'm putting my head in your chest. I'm driving you to the cage. I'm picking you up and I'm taking you down. Like yeah. Lamar Rob. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see it going super well for Marab, which would be yeah. awesome. I think Marab puts be? on an insane pace. Oh, that would be insane. 35 and 45-pound well, Georgian champions within a yeah. couple months. That'd be nuts. That would be crazy. Be awesome. Well, it's almost kind of like what happened with Australia and New Zealand. Like they kind of had their little, their little run. The city kickboxing. So maybe Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You never know. It could it could easily happen. And then, honestly, I think it would be really cool. Um, it, and this might take probably at least a year or two before he even gets to a title fight, unless he he beats Oliveira. But if Sarukian became the first Armenian champion, that would be that would be insane because there's really not even a, a ton of Armenian fighters to begin with. I was gonna say I don't so. know any besides him. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be huge. <laughs> Dana be up on the. Yeah, uh, I think Petrosian is. Armand Petrosian. 
is he Armenian or is he from? He might be from a different country. I can't remember. There, there. I think there's like one or two other. Is Armenian his name Arman Petrosian? Something like that. Yeah. And and Arman Sarukian. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just convinced they all <laughs> over in Armenia they they just name their kid. They they Arman. name themselves after their own country. They name their kid after the country. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you know they gotta have a lot of pride in their country. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know they do. That's why I think it would be awesome if it happened. Because I know like the Armenian pride is real, and it would be dope. Because right now the only celebrities from Armenia are the freaking Kardashians. We need something better, you know. (laughs) That's news to me. I had no idea. We need fighters. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that'd be funny. All these. Yeah, all these other countries they get behind their people though, like that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know who kind of brought it up in the in the MMA community, but if you're someone from another country other than the U.S. and you do well in the UFC, they freaking love you. And oh, you're you do, a king. You do decent yeah. in the UFC as a American, as a person from you the United suck. States, and they're like, <laughs> this MFR. <laughs> He did this and this and this six years ago. How about that, guys? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. So they yeah, back the people. It's, it's crazy. Awesome to see. What is something that you wish that non-MMA practitioner or non-MMA people, fans, casual, we'll call them casual fans. I know there's a negative connotation with that, but. What I mean when I General say that watchers. is people who don't train, people who don't train, people who've never been punched in the face, people who just watch it, or maybe they don't even hardly watch it, but they know about MMA. What's one thing that you wish, or, or maybe a couple things that you wish that those people knew about fighters? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> two of them. Two, right off the bat. Before you go out to fight, or we'll even take fight day just to make it more broad. Fight day. Waking up and managing your energy from the time you wake up until the time that that commission guy says, Martinelli, you're up. Let's go. The, like the, the, the balance of nerves during that time and the little shit that can go wrong. Like, oh God, like, yeah. like for my last fight, uh, I had not the best weight cut, not like a bad weight cut, but I was in the sauna for two 20-minute sessions extra than what I had planned on, right? So I was already Mm. dehydrated and stuff, and I had to do 40 more minutes in the sauna than I expected. So the next day I woke up, and I felt like I just had like a – I felt like I had strep throat, you know, where you couldn't swallow or it was was tender to swallow. And it was like my throat was burnt from being so dry and sitting in the sauna and then having to go back out, take the plastics off, take your, take your clothes off, check. Notice that you're still a pound and a half over and then go back in for 20 more minutes or so. And, um, just all that little stuff that you don't, cause you think these guys wake up, like you think Volk woke up on Saturday, <laughs> body battery on a hundred percent, Legs feeling good, immune issues non-existent. You think all that, but you you don't know if he was, you know, 
his legs were dead from the weight cut. You don't know if he had a, yeah. a, a sinus ache from the, uh, the airplane ride over. You don't know what people go through. So the day yeah. of, of the fight, just balancing those nerves and balancing like your physical well-being. Like try that and then try to go fight someone. Yeah. 24, maybe 20, maybe 16 hours later. And then give me all that insight on what I should be doing and how I should do it and the energy that I should do it with. All right. So that's the day of. Yeah. The biggest one is like the number one. And that just goes for anyone that is looking to, they want to grapple, right? Come grapple with me for two minutes, all right? And then after two minutes, look at the clock and see that we have three minutes left. And then figure out a way to conserve your energy. Like when you're grappling or, or throwing strikes and trying to grapple, the exhaustion yeah. that comes over you with the nerves on top of it when you're in the fight is insane you could have done like i pride myself on being someone that has really good cardio and i do have good cardio but on the night of the fight it doesn't matter how good a cardio you have you get tired so it's like how do you manage that once you're tired without letting that person yeah. across from you see like oh he's taking a little bit longer on the stool he's taking some big breaths his mouth's open when he's breathing uh when he's breathing when i'm fighting so, yeah, those two things. Figure out how to get through fight day and figuring out how to manage the exhaustion of another person physically trying to stop you 100% and you're physically trying to advance on them 100%. Those two things are, like, so unknown. And whenever people figure them out, that's when, uh, what's it called? That's, that's the humbling experience is when someone comes in yes. and they're like, let's go five minutes. And you go for a minute and they're like, I can't breathe, man. I can't breathe. Let's just, just give me a minute. It's like, no, we got four more, dude. We got four more. Figure out a way to manage that energy. So, yeah, those two oh, things. Oh, God, those yeah. Are big. Those are big ones. It's huge. And, and that's like I get so annoyed when I hear – you know, like oh, like complaining about the grappling. Why are and, like, they? Why are they oh, clinching? They're, they're hugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're hugging. Why are they? Why are they not raining down punches? It's like, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying just to just bleed. Oh, this—that's what I was gonna say earlier that I forgot. You were saying <laughs> how hard it is to manage. Uh, you know the scrambling transitions. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to hold someone down and they're trying their best to get up, but at the same time, you have to factor in, okay, I have to hold this person down, but I also have to land damaging strikes. It's like, yes. that's, that's, that's an art on its own and, and keeping someone oh God, yeah. in one spot, but also delivering damage. So yeah, I mean, grappling in MMA is, it's... It's the it's the hardest part of MMA and and for good reason you know it's exhausting it takes a lot of technical skill and it also takes a lot of endurance and yeah and it's hard to see a lot of from focus the outside too. you know it's hard to see whenever you're it's hard to see when you're eating your Domino's or your Buffalo Wild Wings 
and you got a belly full of beer. And you're buzzing a little bit. And I you're could like, kick this guy's ass. Whoop his butt, man. Why don't you just throw an elbow? Like, well, <laughs> the elbow that you want me to throw is securing an underhook. So I'm sorry, but I'm not Shiva from Mortal Kombat. I don't have six arms. <laughs> All right, you know? So let's take it easy, man. I'm controlling the position. I'll advance whenever I have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, why don't you come in here and do it? Since you're so much better. Yeah, let's see it. You couldn't even make the weight, buddy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first hard part. <laughs> yeah, first you got to get up off the couch. That's yeah. step one. Yeah. yeah. Step two, you got to stop eating everything you like. Get some training in. <laughs> get in physical yeah, which, shape. You'll probably be exhausted before the class yeah. is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. During the warm up, they're gonna be like, "Are we done yet? We've been doing this for ten minutes." <laughs> oh, I remember my first boxing class, like, cause I had done some boxing, quote, quote unquote, boxing classes before. Like, like, but you know, it's like not even, not even that. Like, it's you know, uh, what was the gym? I when we went to nine round. That was the first one, which I actually really did enjoy going there, and it was a good introduction. I will say before actually training because I kind of like was comfortable hitting a bag at least I didn't have any technique at all but I could like I couldn't even throw a proper jab was that <laughs> uh hey, yeah we all started <laughs> off like that was that uh was that in Brentwood no this is when I lived in Austin so it was oh. in uh Cedar Park I think was the oh, you lived in Austin in? yeah I only lived there for a year but when was that yeah that was when I, I moved there literally the week after I turned 21, which is really stupid. Um, but I I lived there, let's see, that was 20... Was that before everyone from 16? California moved there? It was like while they were moving there. Kinda. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was like in the heat but of it the was, But not like the new wave. Because I have people that I talk to still from Austin um, that I'm still friends with. And they'll be like, dude, it's not even the same as when you were here. Yeah. And, and when I moved there, people were like, oh, it's not the same as it used to be. But now they're like, no, no, it's really not the same it, now. It's never going to be the same <laughs> as it used to be. Everything changes. Change, yeah. change is the only constant in life. That's exactly that's something I learned from that's my, facts. Uh, my, my biology teacher in college stuck with me for a that's while facts. Change, change is the only constant in life yeah that's a good one it's true yeah it's true write it down but uh yeah i i started going there um yeah i was like i think at that point i was still 21 but i was like a little bit i had lived in austin for a minute when i started training there i think um are you from st louis but yeah yeah, I've lived here my whole life, so. Nice. I mean, not in St. Louis. Like, I lived in the city, St. Louis City, for a while. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, it was <laughs> an experience. So I, lo- I loved it until... Um, Your car got broken into what? twice. Well, that, that I got over that easily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I lived there for a minute, and my car got broken into twice, and I was like... You're like, what damn, this doing? place is dangerous. <laughs> what am I doing here? Let's yeah. let's move six blocks over 
and we'll be good. Yes. I did the same thing. I moved from Soulard. I started in Soulard. Then I went to Bevo Mill. Then I moved to Austin. Then I moved back, moved back to Soulard. Then I moved to Dogtown, which I thought was Dogtown's you nice. know, safe. It is. Dogtown's but there was a deep. shooting right across from my place. And then I was like, I'm out. So hold on. Dogtown's like right by Ikea? Like south? No. That's... South of Manchester from Ikea? It, I lived right by Manchester in 44, I want to say. Um, but I lived on Hampton. Okay, so I, I lived, lived in Central West End for a while, and that was, like, gnarly. Yeah. One yeah, way, Central West End a couple blocks was good. One way, a couple blocks was, like, don't go over there, That's dude. the problem with it. It's so block-to-block block there, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, I felt pretty safe, but it started to get to the point where, like, I would go outside to take my dog out, and there would be a homeless lady screaming at me. <laughs> and then there was, like, another another time where I went outside to take my dog out, and there was a man sleeping on the concrete right next to where I take my dog out. And uh, I think he was just, like, hung over or something. I don't know. Maybe he, like, was just lost out. his friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I don't think he, like, was homeless. I think he uh, just, like, I got a was good story for out you. for the count. Right along them lines. <laughs> right along them lines. I got the one. When I lived in Central West End, I lived in an apartment building, right? Uh-huh. And so the apartment buildings, you go downstairs to the laundry room, and there's, you know, there's six laundry machines, six dryers, and there's a closet, yeah. right? I'm doing my laundry one night. Like 10, 15, 10, 30 at night, maybe 11 or so. I go down yeah. there. I'm already kind of sketched out of being in the area. Like, <clears throat> I went to school at Lindenwood, Belleville, over in Belleville, obviously. Okay. So it wasn't like city over there, but whenever I moved over here, it was like, boom, you're in the city, man. So yeah. I'm doing my laundry that night. I go downstairs. I'm going to switch my laundry from wash to dryer. And I hear the closet door close. Boom, closet door shuts. I was like, you know, you kind of get a little jump. You're like, what was that? So me not knowing really what to do, I was like, I got to go see. <laughs> I got to go see what's in here. Run over to the door. God. Open it real quick. And there's a homeless person with mountains of clothes in there. Just sleeping <laughs> on people's clothes. And I got so freaked out, man. I was like... <laughs> You know, oh, sh- shut the door, ran over, loaded my laundry up, ran up to my room, told my roommate, I was like, yo, there's a homeless person sleeping in the laundry room. We went down there, opened the door, he's gone. My roommate's like, man, are you okay? Are you, are you lying? Are you freaking, is there something you like wanted me to come down here for or what? It's like, no, man, I know there was a homeless person. I just seen him. So, yeah, I mean, be careful for walking into uh, laundry rooms late at night if you're uh, if you're living in the St. Louis area. <laughs> or at least that be aware that you might run into out. somebody that you're not looking to run into. Yeah, I would have literally screamed. <laughs> I, actually, I probably wouldn't have screamed. I probably just would have sat. I would have stood there for a second processed it and then ran out of there i would have been like whoa there was no processing it there was just slam the door and get the f out man 
I don't know what you know this what, guy's though? about I to think do. that's why I started training, though, because yeah. I felt unsafe. Yeah, I mean, and, and so now that you do, you feel more safe? Still feel unsafe. Still feel unsafe. <laughs> Still need to grind that axe just a little bit more. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it, for sure. No, I mean, I feel safer uh, than I used to because... You know, I know not as many people are going to mess with me as they would before. Not even because I would be able to do anything. Um, But I think it's more so the mindset that, okay, I could, you know, defend myself. At least much better than I could before. Um, The confidence that you give off, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's the confidence that you have. It's like if somebody comes in and, and picks something with you, it's like... I'm not going to be one of those people that shrivel up. It's like, all right, man, you want to pick this? All right, here we go. (laughs) Let me, let me see how this one, two works. Let me see how this one dig to the body. Three, two, five works that Rick showed me today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I've been waiting to test this out. Let's go. Exactly. Just learned this today. That's funny. Yeah, I I was curious about that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I really did enjoy living in the city. It was scary, though. Um, but I did enjoy it. There are a lot of things I miss about it. But I don't know if it's in me to move back. <laughs> Just being close to everything. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But you can be close to everything and live in Maplewood or somewhere like that. I lived know? in Maplewood. Yeah. Maplewood's great. I love yeah. Maplewood. But yeah, Maplewood's it's um, awesome. I mean, even in the whether you're in the city or right right outside it within the county lines, it's just having that 10, 15 minute drive to whatever you need to get to that makes it nice. Yeah. Or like whenever I lived down in uh, Central West End. It was so nice to be able to run a quarter of a mile to Forest Park and then do your entire morning run yeah. in Forest Park and stuff like that. I loved but, running there. That was the best. Oh, it was, yeah. Go down to Art Hill, but... Yeah, that was nice. Take the good. I did get my my uh, credit card stolen there, though. At, at Forest Park? Actually, my whole wallet. Wow. Yeah. Everything, everything. You dropped yeah. it? I think I dropped it. Yeah. I came back literally within a minute. It was gone. Yeah, well, there's a lot of traffic there. <laughs> there's a lot and of traffic. And they already tried to use it on my way back. <laughs> oh, of course. They watched it fall out. And like, they watched what? you leave, and they're like, okay, now go. Like, I need a new TV. Yeah, Let's exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, luckily it was like the charge was like too much. They went like they went crazy, so it, it didn't go through. But uh, <laughs> you would think someone like you think they'd be a little bit smarter. Like, let's just <laughs> pack a smoke. Let's and, test it out. Yeah, yeah. get something that <laughs> I buy works. on the everyday basis rather than going out and getting a new TV, renting a U-Haul. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why don't you guys steal from somebody that has money? Why are you stealing from me? I'm like, we're in the same position. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. The worst thing about whenever I lived down there, my car got broken into twice, right? Yeah. 
and I've never had anything stolen out of it. I've only had the windows broken out and then stuff really? like rummaged through and like pulled out and huh. thrown yeah. all over the car. And it's like, uh, they went through here. They're like, ah, well, this guy doesn't have shit that we need. So move on to the next one. <laughs> They're like, what are these gloves and all these yeah, hand wraps? What is this? What stuff? am I going to do We're with this? Use this. Looking for a freaking gun or something. I'm looking for some money. <laughs> Not going to find it in yeah. my car. No, me neither. You you messed with the wrong wrong people here. Yeah, we uh we got nothing for you. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about though, speaking of St. Louis, how cool would it be if at some point and I know they've they've had UFC cards here before, but if it was like a like a really cool event for St. Louis, like if they had, you know, if we could get to the point where we had somebody in the UFC from St. Louis that could like, well, I guess Michael Chandler could could be it to headline a main event. I was gonna say um, who do we somebody have? from St. Louis. Yeah, we pretty much just have Michael Chandler right now. No, no, um, we, we got we got Chandler, House Springs. We got Buckley. to headline. Yeah. Oh, oh Buckley headline. could. He's he's probably almost at the point where he could headline if he gets this win over Luke. Or even just stack it. Like, we got Chandler. Yeah. We got Buckley. We got Evan. Mm-hmm. We got Woodson. Yep. Shoot, that's Garrett. damn... We got Armfield. That's damn near the whole main card. And then bring in some yeah. of these regional prospects. Bring in some uh, Kansas City prospects. Bring... No, that'd be sweet, but oh yeah, like a a set an STL versus KC STL kind of versus thing too. KC, hey, Missouri on uh, home turf, Missouri Battle Royale, Battle of the Borders. <laughs> yeah. Call it uh, here. It is. Call it this, Brie. The border brawl. <laughs> this border versus that border, come in and brawl. <laughs> right, it's a good one. Yeah. McMaynard. I wonder if Taylor Swift would show up for any of the Kansas City fighters. Probably not. She's there. (laughs) She's already there. Her and Travis Kelsey are cage side. Yeah. Sponsoring the They're rooting for all the the Kansas City fighters and we're, boo! (laughs) Taylor Swift sucks! (laughs) Yeah. They all walk out to Taylor Swift songs. Boom. We all walk out to Nelly songs. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. (laughs) No, we're talking. But when when was the last time UFC was at St. Louis? Have they had one? It's been a while. It was definitely before COVID. But they have had one. They just had one in Kansas City not too long ago. But yeah, that was St. The, Louis. That was, uh, that was where who? Oh, shoot, who did Arnold Allen fight on that? Where uh, we fought Max. What? Oh yeah. He was the headliner, I right? I think it was. Yes. Because yeah. it's seen Arnold. Was staying in Arnold, Missouri. <laughs> Came by, take a little look at his town. I love Arnold Allen, so anything he does, yeah, I, I take note of. And uh, and yeah, yeah seeing he was awesome. around the area, I was like, Arnold, where are you staying, man? He's like, I'm, I'm already on, mate. Good, good city, <laughs> but wasn't very good of a hotel. <laughs> like, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, where'd you stay? Classic. Sausage? Yeah. Right. Classic Missouri. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I think it needs to happen. And then, you know, if 
if Dakota wins this next fight, you know, he could end up back in the UFC. Um, we've got a lot of great fighters here that are possibly, you know, yeah, in the uh, UFC at uh, some point. Climbing the ranks for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Dakota's uh, Dakota push? Mm-hmm. Is his next one? He so if he wins this fight, he's getting a decent. He's got a decent opportunity of getting a shot back in. I think. I think so. I wow. think that um, it's just going to depend on the matchups, probably in the UFC. Because the only complication with him is that he's in the toughest division, a lightweight. Yeah. So it is obviously going to be harder for him to get back there than it would be for somebody who's fighting at heavyweight or light heavyweight or something like that. Flyweight. But uh, flyweight. <laughs> they flyweight. need you. I they would, need I would, you. <laughs> I would like to see how many flyweights are on the UFC roster. You know. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Is there like twelve? I don't even know. Fourteen. 15. You would think there'd be more. There's probably like 20 or so, but there's not many. Yeah. There's a, oh, another one we forgot from St. Louis, Charles Johnson. Oh, yeah, we did forget him. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Charles. Right <laughs> Sorry, Charles. <laughs> he's, coming off, he's coming off a win, isn't he? Yeah, how sweet was that fight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah, I can't remember the dude's name, but he was an undefeated I know. prospect coming from, I don't know. I want to say Kyrgyzstan, and it was yeah, like he, it he seemed. Was, it seemed yeah. like Charles had those fights like every fight in his career tough, in the UFC. There's like some undefeated prospect from Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Dagestan, like just yeah, some super Killers. hard fight. And that last fight to see him weather that early storm and then get it done in the end that was sweet, man. That was an awesome fight. So. Props, Charles. Yeah. That's the other thing about fighting at those lower weight classes. I feel like it's because it's so hard to match that a lot of times, you know, you either are on the good end of a difficult matchup or the bad end. And it's it can be challenging to uh, to get proper matchups in those divisions. I feel like for sure it can. But what do you think is the. uh, what do you think is the most technical division in the UFC? Um, probably non- bantamweight. Non-bias, yeah, yeah. That's that's a hard, hard one to argue with. I'm a little bit biased, so I would say feather uh, flyweight. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the lighter you go, the lighter you go, the more well-rounded you have to be at everything. Yes, more well-rounded you got to be at correct. wrestling. You're more well-rounded you got to be at striking. More well-rounded you got to be at your jiu-jitsu offense and defense. So mm-hmm. yeah, going back to the matchups, it's like it's hard to get a quote-unquote good matchup at flyweight because yes, everyone is so damn good. And it's harder to finish fights in those divisions too. Oh, hundred because you it's don't like, have that. One hit power, right? You we're know, slinging all of our does. Yeah, we're throwing all of our power, all of our everything we have into it, and it's like this dude's just standing out here and laughing at me at my shots. So, yeah, take that Nate Diaz style, I guess. Death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I think too that in the smaller divisions, that you know. It's hard. It is harder, I think, and that's why 
you know, we saw that statistic come out where fighters who are un- or 35 and over are 1 in 22 in title fights um, in uh, the divisions 170 and below. Oh, it's 170 and below, not 55. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess or maybe below or maybe below one seventy. That below might be 170. it. But yeah, it's Something right there like in that. that middle range. So yeah, I mean that just backs it up because, and then you look at the opposite side of that. Look at Glover, forty two, yeah, winning the championship. Yeah. So, but also at light at light heavyweight though. At light heavyweight, yeah, that's what I'm Heavier saying. Divisions. It's like yeah, when you're a bigger part. But that's I, I always say this to people. When they ask about it, that's a different sport than what I do. Once you get over 155, 170, that's a different sport than what I do. Like, I agree. Looking at some of the guys, like, like, let's take Sulla, for example. Right. If you look at his shin and calf, and you imagine that cracking you in the head, full (laughs) kick, 100%. Yeah. It's like you're going to question, I don't know if I want to do this sport. But whenever I look at a 125 or shin or, or their elbow or something, it's like, I can take that. I can take that and keep walking forward. It's like, man, I think the, I think the weight classes, once you get to those heavier weights, it's just you're playing a little bit different game than whenever you're scrapping and, and using your speed and and your balance. I went to a DJ seminar one time and he talked so much about balance. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you keep a good balance, especially at a lighter weight, if you're, if you've got a good stance, if you're, you know, mindful of your balance, it's hard to knock someone down. Especially if you're, uh, if you're conditioned, right? Because I think if you're, if you have good conditioning, you can eat an easier shot, right? Everyone yeah. knows, like, if you don't do the conditioning, if you don't get your rounds of sparring in, those shots aren't mm-hmm. going to be easier to take. So, yeah, I would think twice about doing the sport if I was 155, 170, 185, 205, 265, yeah, whatever those monsters are up there. Crazy. Yeah. Right. That is, it's, I mean, and even some of the, like, middleweights, their power is almost like, a heavyweight at this point. Um, just the way they can put people away. What, what is a... Uh, but I feel like... I feel like middleweight is more... A much more technical division than we give it credit for sometimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, shoot. It's, just not, a, at, it's not a deep division, but it's technical. Just look at... I think probably two. And even if you throw in three... I mean, you can go two. You can go two of the best. I mean, look at Alex Pereira. Look at uh, John Jones. Like those dudes, crack freaking people. But they're yeah. You could drop weights two or three weights, and they would be same level of skills. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a that's a different sport that I'm not interested in to taste in any of those shots. <laughs> I'll stick down here with the fly guys. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It it does make it a different game though, you're right, because you have to be more 
conscious of winning rounds um, as well as trying to finish the fight because, you know, the chances that you don't finish the fight are a lot higher in those smaller weight classes. So you have to be conscious. You have to have really high fight IQ. I think, the game planning. Yeah, the game planning has to be there. The it's, nerds. Yeah, You're the nerds. Yeah, yeah you That's have to you nerd are. out on the court. <laughs> you have to nerd out for six weeks to plan like, well, what am I going to do this guy to accumulate yeah. damage? Because I know I'm not just going to put one on his kisser and he's going to go to sleep. We're not all... Yep. We're not all Alex Pereira. We're not all Ilya Taporia. But... Fingers crossed, maybe we can get there someday. I mean, yeah, well, what? Taporia was 14-0 and 0 going into this title fight? I mean, yeah, that's crazy, honestly, to get to a title fight that fast in today's era of MMA. It is. It's also crazy to see some of these guys, uh, I guess, not break under the pressure of that, oh, like, Keep, I keep going back to the car this weekend, but Ilya and Ian this weekend. I was like, man, those dudes have so much riding on their O. Because I was just yeah. undefeated last year only at only at 3-0. And, and it was like, that was the mm-hmm. whole thing. Let me go in here and how do I stay undefeated? And, and, and I'm doing it at a regional level. To do that, yeah. like, on the top level... Against the top con- uh, contenders uh, competition, it's like, damn, man, you have to have some serious mental mental strength. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be locked down mentally to go in there. And from the confidence Ilya had going in, it was that was awesome to see. It's like, okay, man, that's inspiring. That's great to see yeah. somebody go in there like. I know what I'm going to do. I've done it, this fight, this fight, and this fight, and I'm about to do it this fight. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think his confidence really aged well, (laughs) I guess you could say. Hey, he he rolled the dice, and he hit the perfect number. He did, and when you have that much hype and it works out, it only will... I mean, he he could be like the next Connor. We don't know. He could be, or he could be the the first Ilya. Well, the first Ilya, I would say, he's the ultimate perfect. The thing that sets him apart. Where I watch people that are kind of breaking it down on this Monday after, they're like, everything he does is a superstar. Well, it's like what yes. you're really saying there is the professionalism of this guy in every aspect is 110%, right? His fighting, his technique, his content, his confidence, yeah. his image, the way he um, presents himself as a brand, professional. Yeah. yeah, his brand is just like, yeah, you're you're at the front of the line. Go ahead, bro. You, you passed all of us. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you got it, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. I'm excited for the Taporia era uh, of Featherweight. I'm so sad because I was such a big Volkanovski fan. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And I do think I do think there's definitely still something there with Volk. I, I don't think he's done by any means. 
Um, I think he just maybe needs some time off and then get right back to it. I think, I think, yeah, that was hard for him to take that fight at short notice, get knocked out, and then go right back into a title fight. I'm like, God. Like, I kind of, like, had a feeling that that was a possibility, which was scary. It's like, yeah, it's, it's the question we'll never know, but it's crazy to see someone like Volk that has, like, if you follow him, on his YouTube, you follow him on his uh, socials, you know that he has, like, the highest level of people working with him. So you wonder yep. to yourself, like, man, did you guys question, is this concussion protocol long enough? Yeah. Or are we taking long enough? Or did you guys really feel like, hey, we did all the research, we know what we're doing, the science is going to back this, we did the right things, he's 100%, and is just that good. You don't know. You'll never. We'll never know. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy because that was his first loss ever at featherweight. Yeah. And and, and besides that, what has he lost at? Like welterweight or something? Yeah, I think he's lost at lightweight, both to Islam. Right. And then his other loss, I believe, was at welterweight. Like Pre UFC, welterweight, right? Pre UFC, way way before UFC. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, man. What a, uh, insane! What did uh, what did they say? How the what a butterfly effect Charles getting cut had on yeah on Volk and that it's just the the rest of the division, both fifty five and forty five. Yeah, insane. Yeah, insane. Man, well, we're gonna have to do another episode because I feel like we have so much more to discuss. Uh, <laughs> down. We got we got to run part two. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go? Anything else you want to say? Oh, I know you got your fight coming up. Yeah, March I got my 29th. fight coming up. We'll I get into right. that more whenever we talk next time, I guess. Um, <laughs> I got LFA coming up March 29th. It's LFA 180 at the Broadbent Arena in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm fighting Josh Pereira. Um, it's a tough, tough opponent. Um, yeah, I know he's ranked similar to me in the uh, topology and and where we're at in the Midwest. Um, similar skill level. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's a great opponent. Um, I was excited to get it. It's, it's not like an opponent where... Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to shit on get you any, motivated yeah i don't want to shit on any opponents but some of them you know like this is a good matchup for me and then some of them you know yeah this is going to be a tough one so this is one of those where it's going to be a tough uh tough fight it's going to be a battle um he comes out of a good gym he he, he likes a similar style to me i think he's uh prefers grappling but at the same time, he's explosive. He'll throw wild stuff on the feet. Um, yeah, and I'm going to shut it all down and smash him. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Other than that? I'm usually I'm usually unbiased, but anytime, just so people know, anytime an ES MMA person is fighting, I am allowed to be biased. A hundred percent. I'm able to root for my ES MMA people. We raise the ES Every MMA time. roof. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> LFA one eighty. Jesse Martinelli versus Josh Super Pereira excited. going down March 29th. We'll get more into it sometime. 
uh, I appreciate sure. you having me on, Bree. And uh, of course, rock and roll. Can't wait to talk to you in the future. Yeah, sounds good. I'll see you at the gym next time. I'll be there tomorrow, but um, whenever you're there, I'll see you. We'll see you then. Have a good night. All right. I'll see you. Peace. Peace.